just we we ain't got to do a vacation like we normally do in in a year or two and um you know I, people say all the time i don't understand how you do it listen it it's worth everything that we sacrifice for it and uh so i am very grateful for the time i get with my kids and my family and just enjoying uh it, it, it was just so good uh, we pray every year when we leave and all of us just i used to do it by myself and as we've kind of evolved over time and and some of us have grown and we but every year when we leave we all get in a circle and we pray and we thank the lord for giving us that vacation and um man this year was probably the sweetest time uh, we've ever had uh, just thanking the lord and because uh a lot of things don't ever make sense in my life as far as uh just money and and stuff like that and um and god always has a way of doing great things uh, for me and my family and so uh, we just was really thankful and and uh man to see my boys get older and their their heart of gratitude uh intensify and them understand like we didn't have to do this man it was just it was a sweet time together for the whole family and so you know we we really really enjoyed it so praise the lord um a couple of things uh in in uh in reference to uh, Brandon's uh, Brandon Cruz is meeting uh, next Friday, um, so anybody wants to go on that, obviously not next Friday, this Friday. Uh, that's it's going to be fun. We're going to have a great time doing that. Um, and then a couple a couple of more things. Uh, in and I, I just hadn't told anybody. I just hadn't told anybody about these, um, like I should have. Um, but the I think I think Dylan's the only one I've actually told about this one the next one so the very next weekend so uh this friday be at brandon cruz uh brandon cruz's church on this friday evening all right uh the next saturday or the next friday night and saturday morning up until uh lunch uh up until like lunchtime um or i'm gonna be in decatur alabama at joe mccaig's church uh they're having their forged men's conference um i i'm doing a session over there i think justin trotter and uh Cor gordon are i'm not sure who the other guy that's preaching like the main maybe Corey. i i don't remember um but i'm going either way it goes <laughs> and anybody that wants to go any of the men that wants to go it's, it's that friday night it'll take us about three hours to get over there so uh they're going to serve a meal at six so if we could, if we, those of you that want to go, we'll go and get, we can share hotels, we can do whatever we want to there, and um, we'll, um, we'll be able to have a good time there. And then the next week is, uh, is that the 12th? Is that the next week? Okay, Saturday? Is Saturday the 12th? Okay, so August the 12th, okay, August the 12th is at Eufaula Baptist Church in uh statesville north carolina they're having their sportsman's banquet and and i've been asked to come up there and preach at the sportsman's banquet and uh so anyway um if you want to go we're just going to drive i think we're just going to drive up to that thing and then we may i think probably we're just going to leave that morning sometime drive up uh there's a bow shoot going on at like three o'clock and then everything's going on starting at four if you want to go, we'll go up there, do that, and then we're just going to turn and come straight back home. So, um, anybody wants to go, and you know, you want to, 
you want to go have a good time we'll we'll figure out a way to pack everybody in something and get there and then turn around and get home and everybody will be tired Sunday morning but we'll be we'll be happy we did it in the end so it'd be a lot of fun so anyway those are the things and I, I'm sorry ladies uh, for some reason uh, those men's things have just kind of fell on top of each other at this moment but it, it is what it is uh, I think all the ladies would say the men need it anyway amen Ladies, that was your time to say amen right there. Yeah, I mean, what what happened? You 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 missed it. You royally dropped the ball. Did you say amen? Oh, okay, all right. I just, I just couldn't hear you. I know mine would have. So, um, all right, let's uh, go to First John chapter number two. First John chapter number two. First John chapter number two. Uh, we're going to start in verse number one there, and I thought I might get through this whole thing today, and, and then I've uh, recently come to think I might not get through the first point, so um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you've given me too long to think about it. Uh, like When I was going to preach it before, I didn't have as long to think about it, and I've been sitting around for the last two weeks, and uh, really two and a half weeks, and, and uh, I've had too much time to think, so... Um, so we'll start, we'll start here and we'll, we'll see if we can get to where we're going. I don't know if it's, if this has ever happened to you or not. I'd say that most of you that's ever, uh, that's ever endeavored or took a shot at witnessing has run into this one thing that I, I feel like is a major concern and a major problem, uh, in, especially in the South. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon in the South that everyone that you run into in terms of witnessing seems to already be saved. Like, it's, a, it's the weirdest thing. Like, everybody that I run into on a personal level, and, and look, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not this flaming evangelist, it's, it, but I, I do, I, I like to work my way into things. Like, I like to, uh, you know, sitting on the beach in Panama City, I like to make friends with do beside me, and then, you know, sometimes even with a natural eye can in his hand, I like to weave it around into, so, so, so tell me, tell me, you know, you guys go to church anywhere? And he looks down like, man, I'm holding a natural light can in my hand right now. And you're asking me about church? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're playing cornhole and the guy beside me, we're standing there too long before I get to say, he says, man, what do you do for a living? And, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever say anything. And I'm like, man, I'm a pastor. And what that always opens the door for me to say is, man, let me, let me tell you about when I got saved. Well, it, it's a weird deal. Like, this dude is, is kind of blitzed, a little toasted, and he has, like, almost the same testimony I do. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Most of the time, in terms of testimonies, it's I got saved at, uh, you know, at, at four or five years old, vacation Bible school, pray prayer after some dude, what, whatever. And I'm not, some, some of that's absolutely real, and some of it, how many of you understand, is absolutely not real. <laughs> so, so he, you know, he, he's kind of he's blown away. But at the same time, I get the response nine times out of ten. There's only been a couple of times that when I've asked a person, man, have you ever been born again, that I've gotten the answer no. That I've gotten the answer no, I, I don't understand what you mean by that. I, I don't understand what you mean by, by being saved. I don't understand that. And, and here's what I've come to the, to the conclusion of there's a lot of people that's deceived themselves with certain lingo and types and definitions because it's in within the accepted culture that we have 
to deceive themselves because they feel like maybe that it's just a part of who we are as people in the South. You know, it's a cool thing to do. It's the thing you do. You formulate this deal around your own definitions, around your own perceived way of thinking. Yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I, I, I'm saved. And, and I would say this. I would say this about that, that, that most people think that there's no way to tell whether you're actually born again or not. And in actuality, God has given us a way to, to tell, that, to, to see and to understand if we ourselves have been born again. And, and I want to say, while it's been said, and, and this is true, this is a true statement, that the only person that can know that you're saved is yourself, that's a true statement. Amen? Listen, I, 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 I live with people that say they're saved. Uh, Hutton Ridge hadn't came, uh, or Ridge hadn't came to that place yet. But I live with people that, that tell me that they're saved. But how many of you understand, I don't actually know that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know they've ever been born again. Who's the only people that knows that? Them. Why? Well, because the Spirit of God bears witness with them that they're children of God, just like it does me. Amen? But I will say this, there is some outliers that I can look at to tell whether a person looks lost or saved. Does that make sense? You can tell whether a person, and look, I know that upsets the apple cart for some people because they want, they want, the, they want people to be able to, they want people to take them at their word that they're saved. But how many understand it just doesn't work like that? Like, you, you, you can say you're saved, but if you look lost, you're contradicting what you say. And, and so I, I, I thought about that, and I, I thought about the, the, the idea that, you know, John puts out there when he, he, he says, except a man be born again, except a man have a new birth, except a man experience a new birth, except a man experience what it means to be reborn, to be born in the, in, 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 in the image of God, except that man experience that, except that man be a part of that, come into that place with God, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I thought about that, and I, I, I thought, man, you know, I, I see people all the time that, that say they're saved and, 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 and they don't look saved. They just don't look saved. You know, it's funny, uh, Paul said it like this. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, he said, To examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. So, 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 the, so the question that I, I, I would pose this morning in terms of salvation, is there marks, is there identifying characteristics, is there signs that someone is saved? Now, those of you that have been through discipleship, you understand the very first lesson is, is on salvation. And there are clear signs and there are clear marks, there are clear identifying characteristics of a person that is saved. Amen? Now, now what, what would that mean? Well, number one, that would mean that you shouldn't be fooled into thinking that there aren't any. You shouldn't be fooled into thinking that there aren't any of those signs that would show us whether we're saved or not. Okay? Now, this morning, 
I, I want us to look at it from a different vantage point. I want us to look at it from people that are born again. From a group that says they are truly saved. They have came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to look at some identifying markers in our own life to understand where we are in our growth as believers. Because how many of you know you can, you can be saved and not growing? You can be saved and not grow. You can be saved and look lost. That's why the judgment seat so important. You know, I, I, I praise the Lord. D Dylan has has done a fantastic job preaching. Daniel has done a fantastic job preaching. Charlie has done a fantastic job teaching, as Charlie would say. <laughs> Amen. I mean, for real. I don't know. I'm I'm so serious. I mean, I. I I was as proud as I've ever been to pastor this place, just hearing these men get up and open the Word of God and knowing that, man, listen, this place is fine. Like, this place is fine. I don't think you understand how fine it really is. Like, it's got people that, that are super young, that are opening this Bible and they're rightly divided and they're doing it with the power of God on them and God's being honored and God's being glorified and God's name is being praised because of such. And man, that's a big deal. Why? Because it ain't happening everywhere. But I was, I, you know, I was listening, Brother Dylan, and, and, and you know, me and him, we're, we're kind of the same as far as this whole judgment seat thing goes. The, the judgment seat for us as believers has been set forth in the Word of God to make sure that you and I understand that if you don't grow, you're just going to make it. So as by fire. I, I mean, come out on the other side of this thing with wood, hay, and stubble, and it all burn up right before your eyes. No gold, no silver, no precious stone. The foundation is sure. It's been laid. No other foundation can be laid. It's been laid as Jesus Christ. The foundation is sure. You can't be rocked off the foundation. Amen? But the house, the edifice, it's being built. If, if you and I don't come to the place to where we get sincere and want to get earnest about seeing where we are in our growth as believers... It's imperative that we understand that we can't deceive ourselves into thinking that we're, grown, we're a grown disciple of Jesus Christ when we're not. It's imperative to get to the place that we get serious about this whole deal and we get not just serious, we get concerned. I mean, we get concerned about where we are. I, I, I get concerned about where my kids are. I get concerned about where my family is. I get concerned about where their heart... What if you got concerned about that in your own life for the glory of God? You see, God is only glorified when you're concerned about your growth as a disciple in Jesus Christ. That's when God is glorified in your life. So I want to look... I want to look... And, and I want to talk to... Yeah, we know there's, there's people that are deceiving themselves into thinking they're saved. Amen? 
all over this country, all over this county, all over this, this state. There are people that are going to deceive themselves into thinking they're safe. But this morning, I would like to apply that same thought process and that same logic to us. And I want to make sure that we don't deceive ourselves into thinking that we're in a different place of discipleship than we actually are. Alright, look, look at First John chapter 2 and verse number 1. He says, My little children, these things I write unto you. That you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And everybody said, Amen, we ain't Calvinists right there. Verse 3, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now, verse 4 and verse 6 and verse number 9, they all start off, with the same phraseology. They all start off with he that saith. He that saith. Now, now notice, now verse 4, he that saith. Verse, verse 6, he that saith. Verse 9, he that saith. You see, John is repeating this whole idea. Is uh, What John is repeating with this whole idea is they are people that saying things, but then John says what they're saying ain't actually adding up to what they're doing. So look what he says in verse 4. He that saith, I know him, and here it is, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Verse 6, he said, He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write, an, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you heard from the, uh, from the beginning. The old commandment is the, uh, is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Verse number 9, he says, He that saith, he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. And he, But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth, knoweth, uh, knoweth not whither he goeth, because that the darkness hath blinded his eyes. Let's pray and, and let's ask the Lord to, to bless this thing this morning. Lord, God, I, I pray... Lord, that you're honored, that you're glorified, but Lord, I, I pray, uh, God, that our lives would be a reflection of your honor and your glory as they're changed this morning. God, use us. Use this place. Use what's said. God, may we be encouraged to righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, now I, I, I would say this is a great way. These verses are a great way to examine ourselves in light even of our own salvation. We, we could look at these verses and, and we could even take some things away from that. But those of us that are saved, I, I want to make sure that we understand we could be looking, we could be living a life that makes us look lost, for one. And, and two, us living this life, not that just makes us look lost, but that has caused an absolute stunning of growth in our own life. Oh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal that, that our growth, in fact, does con continue 
uh, and, and we grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. So I want to look at a couple of things this morning. Number one, I, I, I want you to look at the first point. A growing believer is someone who submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. A growing believer is someone who submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, you're, you're going to get some funny looks uh, from a lot of people if you go to throwing that lordship thing around very much. Because there's a whole group of people that have, that have labeled themselves uh, as a part of a group that, uh, of what they call lordship salvation. And, 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 and I, I, I want to make sure that we, I, I want, or, or, you know, you may ask me, are you a lordship salvation guy? Well, I'm just going to give you some verses, and I, you don't have to, I don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer. Nobody actually has to answer the question. But I'm going to give you some verses this morning, all right? Now, I would not define myself the way most people define themselves as lordship salvation guys. I'm going I'm to give you some Bible verses, and then you decide what the actual definition of the whole thing is. Acts 16 and verse 31. Acts 16 and verse number 31. And they said, believe on, what does it say? What's those next two words? The Lord. This is, uh, th this is the Philippian jailer. He is, he is about to come to Christ. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. Romans 10 in, in verse number 9, we say it, we, we quote this verse, a lot, uh, this verse a lot, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, what's the next word? What's the next two words? The Lord. Uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Look at Romans 10 in verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of, what is those next two words? The Lord. So our salvation is wrapped up in the name of in the name of who? The Lord. Like I, I, a simple uh, Bible conclusion would say that our salvation is solely based on on who? The Lord. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? So what? What? what, what I, th I thought it was Jesus Christ. It is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. What we, what we do is we boil it down to where we got a Savior, but we have no Lord. Now, I want, I want, I want, to, I want to look, we're going to look at some things. Uh, here, here's, when you came to Jesus Christ, without knowing it, you called on Christ. Maybe without knowing it, you, you actually called on Christ. Now, I take a long time when I'm leading somebody to the Lord because I want to make sure they know what they're getting themselves into. Like, like I'm, I'm going through all these verses, and I'm, I'm, I'm rolling. Are you sure you want to do this? This is a commitment to the Lord Jesus. Are you sure that this is what you want to do? You say, are you trying to talk them out? I'm trying to make sure they know that this ain't some humdrum deal. Like, you're calling on the name of the Lord. And so, when you call on Jesus Christ as your Lord, and you confess that, well, you, you have... You have now made him Lord of your life. Now, I want you to notice that, that John's saying if Christ is Lord and you do not keep his word, that you and me would be contradicting ourselves. Why? Well, because you made him what? The Lord. So, so now what is, because he is your Lord, now you, you have the Lord's 
words wrapped up in a 66-book set. It's been canonized. It, it mine's, mine's bound. It's got a nice leather cover on it. And we got them laying all over our houses, and here's the Lord's words. And, and if you, you, you keep not the Lord's words, you, con- you are contradicting yourselves. We are contradicting ourselves when we say He's the Lord, but we won't keep His words. I would dare say a person, and here's, we're, we're going to, I would say, I'm not going to say I would dare say, I'm going to say I would say a person that won't submit themselves to the process of discipleship is contradicting their statement that he's the Lord of their life. Why? Because discipleship's about his words. Discipleship is about his words. And I, if, I, if I don't know his words, if I won't submit myself to his words, there's a good chance I won't submit myself to his lordship. I know something real interesting in the Bible um, in terms of the law first mention of Lord. Now, this isn't on your outline and it's not on the screen. Um, you're you're going to have to go uh, to Genesis chapter 1. It'll be real easy to find. <laughs> Genesis chapter number 1. <laughs> Just chapter 1 and, and verse number 1. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, the B part of verse 2, or the second part, uh, second sentence in verse number 2. The Bible says, In the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. Verse 4, And God saw the light and that it was good. Verse 5, and God called the light day and the darkness night. Verse 6, and God said, let, the, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Verse 7, and God made the firmament. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 2. Flip over one page and go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2. We've been talking about this uh, for some time in, in, in using this as a reference point. The, the Sabbath rest. Genesis 2 and verse 2. And God on the seventh day, excuse me, and on, on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. Verse 3, the Bible said, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Now, make sure you understand this is the ending of creation's work as we know it. This is God's perfect ending to God creating the heavens and the earth. Amen? Everybody see that? Alright? Now Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 4, we have the first recorded time in your Bible that the word Lord is found. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, I want want you to look at verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. 
And the Lord God planted a garden. Verse number 8. Planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put a man for whom he had formed. Verse number 9. He said, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food for the man. Genesis 2 and verse 15. Skip down there with me. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. The Lord God commanded the man. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will, I will make him and help meet for him. Verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Now, what's interesting about this whole process is that God, in His sovereignty, those first seven days, God made everything. And then He rested on the seventh. Right? Alright. This word, Lord, this word, Lord, doesn't come in until man starts to show up on the scene. Why is that such a big deal? You can look outside and you see those trees, and, and, and you know what? Those trees are radiating the glory of God just like they are. Just like God made them. Go to the ocean. I don't know I mean, how many of you like the ocean, but man, I'm going to tell you something. Dude, just sitting on the beach and, and just enjoying God's creation, that thing radiates the glory of God. But it isn't until man's formed that, the being, that a being is put on earth that needs a Lord. Trees don't need a Lord. Why? Well, they do what they do. You, you know, that ocean, it didn't need a Lord. Why? Well, it, it's do, it needed a creator. And it's doing what it was created to do. You, you say, what, what about it? Listen, God made us in His likeness, in His image. And so He wants us to have a relationship with Him. You know what I think most you know where I think most of us miss it? I think most of it most of us miss it in terms of, of, of wanting to have the relationship with our Lord that we should desire to have. Remember it was Eve. It, it, was, it was Adam and Eve that walked with God in the cool of the day, and guess what they had? They had his word. They obeyed their, their master's word. They obeyed their, their Lord's word until they didn't obey it no more. I can't help but think about the relationship as, as, as their Lord would walk in the cool of the day. As their Lord, as their master, as their 
is, is the person they had become subject to would walk. And look, we're, we're talking about a perfect relationship. We're talking about a relationship that is perfect. And I want you to understand that most people don't actually want to form a relationship with Jesus Christ because they feel like it's got to be a slave, it's got to be a subject ruler situation. When in actuality, man, what a blessing it is to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he, 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 he man, he's, he's not badgering nobody. He's not berating nobody. You remember, listen, he, he comes to Adam and he says, Adam, where art thou? Who told you that you was naked, Adam? The, the serpent. We got over here and we got messed up and, and, and we got... And, and, and what, what, what happens? What happens? The Lord makes coats of skin. You say, why is this such a big deal? Get the picture of what the Lord actually is. He's not, he's not, he's not berating us. He's, not, he, he, why? he's here because He loves us. You say, what, what, what it, why, why do you think this is such a big deal? Well, because I, I'm afraid that we don't, see as, we don't see the Lordship of Jesus Christ if, if the, the way God wants us to see it. The way John wanted to lay it out was that you and me needed our Lord's words. The ocean, it needed a creator. This earth, it needed a creator. But me and you, we, we need both. We need both. That's why it's imperative that we understand our role and responsibility in submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ if we intend to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Revelation 4, and Brother Dylan was giving me this verse earlier, it's not on your outline. Revelation 4 and verse number 11, Thou art worthy, you ready? O Lord. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You say, why, is, why are you beating this lordship thing? Well, I want you to, there's another verse I want you to see. It's, I think it's in your outline. <clears throat> uh, Titus 1 and verse 16. Titus 1 and verse 16. They profess that they know God. You ready? But in works, they deny Him. They profess that they know God. But in works, they deny Him. Being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. There, there is a person that can profess that they know God, but in their works they deny that they know God. That's why the Lordship of Jesus Christ is not some home drum thing. It is, it is a big deal that we submit ourselves to the Lord's Word. That is what it means to submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to submit yourselves to His revealed Word for our lives. I know him. Say I know him and, and, and here it is and I keep, I keep not his commandments. Well that makes me a liar. 
If I say I know him and I, and I don't keep his commandments, well, that makes me a liar. Now, now notice what the word uh, keep means. If you, if you look at this word keep in other places in your Bible, it's translated as guard. It's translated as hold fast. It's translated as reserve. It's translated as preserve. So, so in essence, when, when I, I'm keeping, when I'm keeping his word, when I'm keeping his commandments, I'm guarding those commandments. I'm holding fast to those commandments. I'm preserving. I'm, hold, I'm reserving uh, those commandments. Why? Well, because they, I, I'm doing that because they have value in my life. Now, the opposite of guarding is what? Disregarding. The opposite of guarding is to not guard or disregard. So, so I, I am a person that if I say I know him and I keep, his, I keep not his command, I am disregarding the commandment of God. Now, Psalm 119, verse 6. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect in all thy commandments. Psalm 119, verse 32, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Listen, can I say that I have veered off course at times? Absolutely. Can I say that I've stumbled plenty of times? Can I say that I have fallen? Absolutely. But, but here it is. Can, can I say or can you say or can we say that I have a total disregard for the commandments of God in my life? And I want to say for me, absolutely not. You say, well, I don't have to keep God's commandments to be saved. You're right. You don't. If you got really born again, then you don't. Here's what I would say. If you don't have a desire to ever do that, then I'd wonder if I was really born again. You say, are you you're trying to breed doubt in people's minds? No, I'm trying to breed some reality in your mind. The reality that you may be deceiving yourselves and you really may not be actually born again. Why? I, listen, I don't keep God's commandments to be saved. I keep God's commandments. Why? Because I am saved. Amen? Amen? Verse 4, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments. So, so it's, I know him, and because I know him, I keep his word. Because I know my Lord, I keep his word. Amen? Okay? Not, I keep his word, therefore I know him. That, that would be, so, so I, because I keep his word, I must know him. Does that make sense? So you don't, you don't you, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you come to know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay? You don't know everything. How many of you understand you didn't know everything when you got saved? Amen? You still don't know. I still don't know much now. But I didn't know everything when I got saved, right? Okay? So I knew Him, though. I knew the grace of God. And, 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 and so, so, so what happens is that propels me to keep His Word. Now, just because I keep His Word... There is, a, a, there is a form of legalism that would say, I'm going to keep his word, and while, uh, because I'm keeping his word, I know him. Therefore, I must know him. Does that make sense? For real? So, so there's a group out there that's saying, hey, I'm going to keep his word. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep God's word, and, and, and that's how I know I know him. Now, here, here's the deal. The, the Bible's plain uh, that the Spirit of God is going to bear witness in your heart that you are a child of God. Amen. 
Uh, you, you can know because, why? Because you've called on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? So we, we can know. We can know that we pass from death unto life. All right? But there, 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 this idea of, of, of a legalistic approach would say, I'm going to study the Bible and, 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 and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to know Jesus Christ uh, by studying the Bible. It's not, but, but remember, the, a one time, this is, there's a one-time place to where you come to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, there's a guy, his name was, uh, and, and he, he, there, there's, there's a dude... Uh, long gone now. His name's Peter Ruckman. And I was listening to his testimony here a while back. And I, I think he read the Bible four or five times through before he ever got saved. And when I say he read it four or five times through, I'm talking about I think that four or five times through thing happened in like a couple or three months. Yeah, it's, it's, it, dude's genius, crazy stuff. <laughs> he, 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 he said, I kept reading the Bible... And he said, I read a lot of books, and I read a lot of books really fast. He said, but this is the only book I ever read that talked back to me. And he said, I knew something was different about it. I just knew that there was something different about this book. But what he was doing is he was trying to gain what he needed by reading this book. Now, I want to say something. you got to get saved. Before you read this book and try to gain anything. Why? Because this is a spiritual book and it's spiritually discerned. And without the Spirit of God, there is no teacher. It can't teach you without the Spirit of God. Amen? Okay. So the only way to keep His commandments is to know Him. Now, now uh, John, John 14 verse 15, the Bible says, If you love me, keep my, uh, keep my commandments. Uh, down to verse number 21, he, he, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So this, there, there's this idea that when I keep his, that I have his commandments and I keep them, I'm telling God that I love him. Amen. But not only that, this last part, that, that because of all that, because I've submitted myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I will manifest myself to Him. Man, you ever wonder, there is this whole idea of the key of David, uh, this understanding uh, Bible principle, the key of David. We'll get into that one day. But you ever wonder why God seems to show other people things that you just wish God would show you? I, I, I'm one of them dudes. I'm like, like, like I, I, I mean, I, I think, man, God, man, God used Mark Trotter in some just some crazy, crazy ways. God's used some of my friends in using some of my friends in some crazy, crazy ways. I, I can remember, uh, I can remember when after I first got saved, dude, there were some guys. When I first got saved, they, they hadn't been saved much longer than me, but God was revealing some things to them that I was like, Lord, I, I just want, I want you to do that same thing for me. But I hadn't yet developed this love for God's Word like I should have had. And he said, once you have that, once you have that, guess what happens? 
I'm going to manifest myself to you. I'm going to show you things that you've never seen before. Look at verse number 5 with me. Verse number 5. But whoso keepeth his word. But whoso keepeth his word. In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Now you 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 may even say, hey, that, that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a, a right the opposite of what you were just saying. Verse number 5 gives us a real good idea of what it means to love God. Verse 5 gives us a real good understanding of what it means to love God. Verily is the love of God perfected. It's perfected. The love of God is perfected in my life, in your life, when I'm I'm keeping his word. Why? Because you and I, we, we, we have to understand that the lordship of Jesus Christ is based on this understanding of me keeping my Lord's words. If I won't keep my Lord's words, real good chance I don't love my Lord enough to keep his words. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to... I'm trying to... You're saying I don't love the Lord? I don't know if you do or not. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying whether you love the Lord. I'm not saying where you... I'm not saying if any of us love the Lord. The Bible does lay out, though, that there is a way to identify whether or not I love Him. The Bible does lay out that there is a way to see, all right, so, so you're saying that the love of God is perfected in my own life when I'm keeping His Word? That's what the book says. So, so you're saying if I'm not keeping the book, I, you know, if, I don't, if I don't keep the words of God that I don't really love, I'm, I'm telling you what verse 5 says. I'm, Psalm 119 is, is full Psalm 119 is full of places to where the psalmist would equate his love for God in how he kept the very words of God. You say, what what does that mean for me? Well, it means that there is this point when I'm, I'm, I'm gauging on the scale of whether or not... Hey, you, you can play that pan for me or whatever you want to do. Where, where I've got a gauge on this scale of whether or not I love God. So, if you had to gauge yourself this morning, where would you rate yourself? Scale of 1 to 10, you say, man, 
If all I'm using is this book, if all I'm using is my Lord's words, scale of 1 to 10, where are you going to fall? How, how much do you love Him? How much do you love the instruction? How much do you love it when He said, when He said, man, You know what, Brush Young? I absolutely love it. Because I'm bred with the propensity to hate people for things they've done to me. You realize that, right? The very first, the very first thing that ever happened. Uh, uh, Crossways relationship happened with Adam and Eve, and it happened with Eve, with Adam blaming Eve. Well, was my fault. Look at this fool. She's the one who told me to do it. Very first crossways relationship. And listen, that ain't nothing done nothing but but just progress through time. It's gotten bigger. Think of sin's a snowball, man. And that snowball is just gaining traction, and it's gaining traction. The degradation of man has increased and increased and increased. And our, our ability to change is wrapped up in what we're willing to obey right here. Do you love your Lord or not? Do you love the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? Or do you love the idea that the Lamb of God took away the sin of the world? Do you love the one that died on the cross or do you love the thought of the one that died on the cross for your sin? Do you love the one that laid the, the one? Do you love the one that laid in a tomb for three days and three nights and rose again victorious over death, hell, and the grave? Or do you love the thought of the story being told? You see, because if you love the thought of the story being told, it's a moment in time that you'll love Him. But if you'll love Him, the one that did that, if you'll love Him, you know what? That'll be an everyday thing. It'll be an everyday thing. and It'll, it'll be evident in how I love His Word. It'll be evident in how I keep His Word, how I guard His Word, how I regard His Word, how I preserve His Word, how I hold, hold fast to sound art, how I hold fast to his word you see the lordship of Jesus Christ ain't got anything to do whether or not you're losing your salvation the lordship of Jesus Christ has got everything to do with whether you're willing to submit to his word that's all it is that's all lordship salvation is all it is is a growing believer submits themselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ through this book now you say, what about the Spirit? The Spirit's going to teach you this book. And the Spirit of God's going to work in your life. And the Spirit of God's going to do things in your life that you never thought the Spirit of God was going to do. You're going, you're, going to hear, you're going to hear the Word of God rehearsed in your ears. And you're going to think, where in the world is that coming from? You're going to have your heart pricked in ways that's never been pricked before. You're going to wonder, what in the world? Man, I used to not feel bad about none of that stuff. And now, man, it seems like the... the, the it just seems like I can't do anything. Well, that's why we have the Lord's words.
there ain't nothing anybody done has ever done any greater for me than to give me my Bible and say, here, this is all you need. If you'll read this book and ask God to show you things you've never seen Lord will do things you've never seen before. But you know what we lack oftentimes? We lack the faith to believe it. Be it unto you according to your faith. Be it unto me according to my faith. Listen, God's raising people in this church. God's raising disciples in this church. God's raising ministers in this church. Listen, whether you know it or not, God is raising some... God's raising some stuff over in that other building that I just can't wait to see. Some of them boys, some of them boys don't submit. This is what we're all missing. Some of them boys don't submit to preaching this book. There ain't going to be nobody left to do it. We're going to have to beg Jesus to come back. We're going to have to beg Jesus to come back. Because there ain't going to be another generation. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why it's important that all of us submit to this book. That's why it's important that all of us submit our lives to discipleship. Why? Because their lives hinge on it. Their lives hinge on winning and building and sending. Their lives hinge on the the preachers that are in that building. The the girls in that building that 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 are God willing. I say it all the time. Somebody's gonna have to win some people to the Lord for Sergio and Claire. They're just in a mess. We're gonna have to. We're gonna do some matchmaking overseas or something. This is terrible. It's a terrible situation around here. Uh, I mean, heck, you're in the same boat. I mean, it's God love you. Thank God I got married and saved. Well, yeah, you're sorry. coming it's coming what we do with it with this book it matters for them whether we believe it or not the generation that's gone on before us there ain't many of them even preaching this side of the equation anymore It's like everybody's forgot that there has to be another generation where it stops. If we don't get with it, man, if we don't decide that I'm going to submit myself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ through the process of discipleship, through the process of this book being in, in all everything, pray this morning 
Just ask the Lord to give us fresh eyes. Just ask the Lord to give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us. Sean, won't you pray for us, please?